Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of the Network Hour podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me, but I just want to say happy Friday to everyone. Happy Friday to all my networkers out there. It's a sunny day. It's nice outside, and so I'm excited and enthusiastic today. Uh, Today, we have on our podcast a powerful woman uh, strong, accomplished, influential. I am glad that I am among her company and it is really great to celebrate her in this month of Women History Month. And I want to welcome today our guest speaker, Dennett Edwards. Yeah, Hi, thank you. you. I'm well. How are you, Molly? Thank you for having me. I'm excited I'm to be here. I'm good. So Dennett is the founder of Corona Days Professional Development Group. She has also been dubbed the Business Insider's 23 Most Innovative Career Coaches for 2020. And we're gonna get into that in a little bit. She is also a master connector. She is a speaker and she is a career strategist. So I am going to ask her this question. I know I've said, told you a lot already about her, but I'm sure there are some things that I probably have left out. So I'm going to let her tell you a little bit more about herself. <laughs> Such a poor question, but yes, I'm all of that. I, I am a master connector. Uh, I do speak publicly and I'm a career strategist. Uh, And the thing that I do that I know I do well is I help people see the power that they already have inside of them to recognize their greatness, right? And so this is the power that oftentimes they don't see it themselves. Most times when people come to me, they don't see it themselves. Uh, Other people may have seen it in them and uh, have not told them and and have not helped them uh, bring that Uh, out to light. Uh, And so I help them to do that, to see what they already have in their hearts, minds, hands, and souls to to achieve greatness. And I love doing that. So that is what I'll say about me. There's a whole bunch more that I could say, but that in a nutshell is what I do. Yeah, that is great. And I know before we got on this call, you um, we went to see about you. Tell us about your little dog, because I know you have that dog. I've seen it online. I've seen (laughs) videos of him. (laughs) This is funny (laughs) because as you said that she slithered off of her sofa and I was like, do not come here. And she went the other way. Thank God. Uh, Yes. I have a 65 pound who I think is, is, uh, I think she gained a little more 65 pound puppy. Uh, I keep calling her a puppy. She's still a puppy. She is 16 months old. Her name is Stormy and she is a storm. She's a lab beagle. Everybody thinks she's a pit bull, but she's a big playful girl. That's my baby. Uh, that is so cute. Yes, I love I love dogs too, but I don't think I could ever ever have one to take care of it. Because in the in the oh. Caribbean, it's totally different. When we have dogs, they mm-hmm. are not usually in the house and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. You don't have to walk them because they run the yard and stuff. So I don't know if I can take the responsibility of having one, but I do love dogs. So I just want to ask, how has I know we're all going through this time. It's a pandemic and stuff like that. How has this time been for you um, since everybody has been at home and the pandemic and all that stuff? How has it been? Uh, on one side, is it was terribly difficult. You know, uh, I live in, in Maryland. I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. At the beginning of the pandemic, I was in Washington, D.C., Uh, still far from my family who is all in New York City. So that's been um, the most difficult is that I'm I'm away from my family. I I did go up one time and I saw them, but I'm very close to my family. So Mm -hmm. I have a 92-year-old grandmother who thinks she's 22, uh, (laughs) who I I need to, you know, wheel her in. And so it's been really difficult for her, uh, you know, having to be home. And she goes out every day pre-pandemic. She went out every day. Uh, so that piece of it has been really difficult for me, um, you know, not being able to really be connected with my family. Uh, the holidays, you know, these Zoom holidays we had and all that stuff. Uh, and I'm, my family is, is West Indian. Yeah. Right? Uh, so <laughs> uh, we're 
a big, small family, you know, big everywhere. But in terms of my immediate family, we're really tight. Uh, so that's been difficult. But then the other side of it is I have a, I've lived in the DMV area down here, uh, kind of on and off, but more on since 2007. So I have a very strong network of, of friends who are my family now here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would not have made it through this pandemic without them. And then I would not have made made it through this pandemic without Corona Days Professional Development Group. So the other piece of the pandemic for me that's been amazing is Corona Days Professional Development Group. Like we, you know, we established this community on not on a whim, but out of a need. I didn't intend to do it. And many of the members have become friends um, and they have helped me. They say I helped them, but they, they don't realize that they have helped me more than I helped them. So let's get into that because that was my other question because networking is such a pivotal part in this and in what you do. So in the middle of a pandemic and in the middle of all the challenges and, and being not away from family, not so much, and you came up with forming this group, Corona Days Professional Group. So tell me, why did you start the group and, and where did the idea come from? Okay, so I have always been a person that I helped people professionally since I was 19. And I tell people proudly I'm 47 and I do not look it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, even with my extra COVID weight, I still don't look it, right? Okay, so, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> That's what I get. <laughs> Joking. I <laughs> uh, choked on my words, right? <laughs> um, I, yes, I always help people with resumes and preparing them for job interviews, uh, coaching them into positions if they were on my team or worked in my organization. So when the pandemic started, people, and I've worked internationally. So my most recent um, W-2 employment has was in Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, and so I, at that position I worked in Kenya, South Africa, and Tanzania. I had Mm -hmm. offices in all three locations. So when the pandemic started in March, um, in mid, in the late March, people started to contact me, ask for help from all over the world, um, looking for work, preparing for work, preparing um, for job interviews and that kind of stuff. And I initially jumped in like I always do. Okay, I'll help you. And it became a lot of people. It at the point where I said it was two people, it was 53 people. And I said, yeah, I can't, although all 53 didn't want resumes, I, there were a lot of resumes. And as much as I, I write them well, I do not like writing them. (laughs) Not something I like to do. (laughs) So I just said, hey, it would be better for me to teach you guys how to do some of this stuff than for me to uh, do it for you, you know, teach a man to fish, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked them, hey, if I start a group on Facebook, will you guys come over? And they all said yes. And I started the group thinking that it would just be a place where I would work with those people. I teach them some things. I'd ask, I am, before I even started, I reached out to a colleague of mine, a uh, former human resource manager who was um, one of my staff. And I said, hey, we're all home you know, everybody is depressed and stressed out. Will you help me do some training? She said, sure. And so that was where I said, okay, we'll go into the group. I won't do all of the training. Uh, You know, her and I will tag team and we'll get other people. And I started with data because I like data. I, you know, like I, I use data to drive a lot of what I do, even in my personal life, you know, like I'm going on a vacation. I got to, you know, pull the stats and see, you know, fine. So, I immediately started with a poll. Uh, By the time I did the poll, we only had the group for two weeks and I had 103 members and they told me that they needed so much training in so many different areas. And I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not well-versed enough to teach all of these. And so I started to go out onto LinkedIn with the purpose of growing my network so that my network could support the group 
Like it was very intentional that I would find people who were pros in their areas, you know, whatever it was, whether it was finance management, um, servant leadership, networking, resume writing, um, career strategy, uh, career coaching, um, how to negotiate a salary. So I specifically went and searched for those people and I connected with them and, and then I just told them what I was doing and they came and joined me. So that's where it came from. And then the, the name Corona Days, D-A-Z-E, <clears throat> Uh, I just came up with that. Well, the name days, my niece always, she's, she's, when she was six, she said she wanted to be a chef. She's 13 now. Uh, and she was going to uh, start a restaurant, open a restaurant and call it Sky Days. Her name is Skylar. And mm -hmm. she was going to dead she was gonna leave people mesmerized and dazed with her food and I don't know why that just I thought of that and I said we are mesmerized we are mm -hmm. dazed mm -hmm. by this pandemic yeah uh and but through that daze, we could come together and support one another and we could um we could build our uh our career development skills and so that's where the name came from Corona Days Professional Development Group awesome Awesome, awesome. And Corona came from the pandemic, Corona. Mm -hmm, kind of pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. So when you decided that, okay, I couldn't do all of this by myself and I need to reach out to people, were you were you afraid of the initial stage of reaching out? Were you afraid of being uh, rejected? How did you go about reaching out and making that pitch? to those people that you wanted to come on board and, and, and help you with the training? Hmm. Yeah, so initially I thought, oh, I'm, what we're doing is so great. Everybody wants this. They're all gonna, I just need to tell them. And so I had a whole pitch, which was like five paragraphs, <laughs> okay? It was like five paragraphs. I had a pretty graphic that I would attach to, I would connect with somebody. I tell them, hey, I started this group, you know, for to help people who are unemployed and underemployed because of COVID and you're a professional networker. Come help us because I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing right. And, and um it worked for a lot of people, right? So a lot of people were like, hey, what you're doing is great. They would see, I, I put that, um, the poll that I had together with all the numbers and some people love numbers, they love the visual. Mm -hmm. uh, but then one day a woman said, really early and I'm glad she did. She said, that's not how you pitch somebody on LinkedIn. <laughs> but she didn't give me any other information. Oh, right? that's it. That was that's it. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say you do it this way. Right. And so I connected with someone who he has 200,000 followers on LinkedIn. And oh, that's a lot. yeah. And so I yeah. And I love what he posts. This is Adam Karpiak. I hope I'm saying his name right. And I love what he posts. Like he is a career coach and a resume writer. Uh, however, his posts let you know he's not here to play with any of these employers. He is supporting a job seeker. So I, I said, hey, I need to connect with him, right? But he has 200,000 followers. Is he, you know? So of course, I sent a connection request with a little note <clears throat> saying I loved a post that he had posted up. Uh, and then I clicked the contact info and he had his Gmail there. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hmm, this must be a mistake. You know, maybe from when he first started his yeah. LinkedIn, it probably was. Uh, because once I emailed him, he said, How'd you get my email? <laughs> uh, and I made it really short and sweet. And I said something like, I, I copied a piece of the post that he had. I love that. You know, I wish more, more job seekers were, were willing to stand up for themselves like that can I talk to you for 15 minutes? And uh, I said, I have this group, it's a career development group. I'm helping people who are unemployed for free. And I sent, I just sent it to a job seeker. I mean, I just showed that the, a job seeker, that thread with, with me and Adam. And if I sent it like 7.58 at night, he responded by 8.02, like wow. right there. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure it was on his phone, you know? Uh, and so he responded and he said, oh, how'd you get my, how'd you get my email? I love what you're doing. Right. And so he said, I don't have time to support you in terms of do a training. 
but what can I do to support you? And I said, well, what you could do is, I don't know what the hell I'm doing out here on LinkedIn, right? And uh, I told him in the situation where the woman said I was, <laughs> I um, did it wrong. And I said, you know, Adam, I'm out here crashing and burning every day. Uh, and so he looked at my pitch and he's, he was like, no, 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 no. Uh, and he told me what I should do. Then he did one better and he said, he, he, he explained to me that he can't accept any more connections because he had 200,000. He had over the cap or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only people can follow him. So he wouldn't even see that I sent him that connection request. Mm-hmm. So key, he said, I'm glad you emailed me. He would never see that connection request because I don't think they send them to him anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So he then looked at everything I was posting on LinkedIn. And he, and this is through like an email chain that we did for about an hour, hour and a half that evening. And he told me everything I needed to do to reach out to people and how I needed to reach out to people like I did to him in the email, Mm -hmm. noting something about them, you know, why I wanted to connect with them, keeping it about that person and not about me, where initially it was all about my group. (laughs) You know, we're going to help the world, help everybody. Don't you want to help everybody? Everybody didn't want to help everybody. Or Mm -hmm. if they did, they had other people in their box saying the same thing or similar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, He told me how to word my posts on LinkedIn, you know, how to put my hash, like everything in this like this one thread and we went back and forth and then he even said which I only did once because I don't like this tactic he said and then tag me in all your posts he has 200,000 followers and they're active okay yeah uh yes and he said tag me in your posts and that's that right and then get your flowing up and I didn't what I did is about a day later someone else Elvin Freights from the Ed Up experience showed me a similar kindness. I used what uh, Adam had told me and I reached out to Elvin and I told him that I, I think it was his, his Powerful Women Wednesday yes, or it was something great. about his podcast. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like I reached out to him. I told him that I, and it was genuine. It was real that, you know, I loved what he was doing. Uh, thank you for elevating the voice of women. I think that's how it went. And then I asked, I told him, I'm doing this. Uh, what do you think? And he said, I can't, I will not. He said, I will not support you on Facebook. I don't do Facebook straight out. Uh, but I will amplify your voice and your message. And then he immediately recognized me for Powerful Women Wednesday. Right? It, like, what a kindness. Yeah. So, you know, he tagged me in it, which got me so many. I always tell him between him and then um, another connect, Dory, I get most of, I got most of my initial, like, hardcore, you know, like, real supporters and, and connections through them. Mm-hmm. Um, by them amplifying me. Uh, and so when he did that, the only time I tagged Adam Karpiak is I noted that this woman and I, and I didn't say who she is and I will never do that. I said, I reached out to this person and this was her, I said, I'm out here crashing and burning every day on LinkedIn. This was her response. I said, but then I reached out to Adam and this was his response. And I copied and pasted his initial reaction. Where'd you get my email? I love what you're doing. I want to help you. Uh, And Elvin's and I tagged both of them. Uh, And that was one of my top, um, posts (laughs) yeah yeah that was one of my top posts you know no video no picture no nothing just that uh and so I learned out of that experience that so I wasn't scared like you said I wasn't scared out the gate because I felt like everybody had to love what I was doing right Mm -hmm. um but I definitely learned that uh even if people could love what I was doing that it didn't need to come from a me 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 place and um, so I, I started to read profiles and really uh, read profiles, click. Once I saw the profile and I thought there was something of interest when I read through it, I then clicked to see their posts, mm-hmm. not necessarily their all of their activity, but what they were posting, because I said uh, what they're posting is stuff that they really care about. Right. Yeah. Um, and if it resonated with me in some kind of way, whether it was a post or their about section or something they said, that would be in my initial connection request. Something very short and succinct about that. Um, and oftentimes I didn't I stopped telling people about the group. 
I just connected with them and, Mm. you know, and then they connect. Then once they connected with me, I sent a voice note so they could hear my voice. And I just say, thank you for connecting. Um, Sometimes I say, I'd love to stay connected. If you'd ever like, let me know. Many people did. Uh, Many people then responded. I never heard a voice note before. Your voice is so beautiful. What are you doing out here? And so that worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So, yes, that was a long drawn out. But that was my LinkedIn journey of crashing and burning. And now I'm doing it right. I mean, yeah, because uh, the the pitch is so important, right? And and then mm-hmm. some people are going to, even though you pitch wrong, some people are going to be willing to help you and, and help you yeah. in that learning journey. And there are others that is just gonna, going to push you away. And, and those are not the people you necessarily need in your network anyway. So you, true. you're not supposed to be offended or in any way that should not deter you from from what you're trying to accomplish and and you didn't let that deter you and so you went on with someone that even amplified you even bigger than than that person probably would have so that that's that's the lesson that's definitely the lesson that learned there and there's a there's a quote I always live by and I always say to to people that I talk to clients people that I network with is that the reward is greater than the risk of putting yourself out there. You're not going yes. to know what the reward is going to be if you never put yourself out there. So it's 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 okay to it's okay to crash and burn sometimes as long as you learn and you and you go from from what you what what you've learned. So that was yeah. that was a really 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 good story. I couldn't ask for another a better networking story than that one. <laughs> So a question I have is what, what do you think that your biggest advantages have been um, from starting, starting this group? Oh my gosh, I've had so many. Um, <clears throat> so people like Adam and Alvin and Dory and all the others who have amplified the work that we do, you know? Um, so that has been great. So someone I didn't know uh, I had never connected with on a Zoom. And that's when I say I didn't know. We weren't even connected. She saw the work that I was doing and um, <clears throat> she then posted on LinkedIn uh, that the Business Insider was looking for the most innovative career coach and she nominates me. And I was, so that is, has been the biggest, not that it was the, biz- the Business Insider, but the fact that I had, I increased my visibility, which increased the visibility of the group. And so that has been the greatest thing that has come out of this in my networking, that now it kind of, it kind of does it itself. Like Mm -hmm. I very rarely reach out to people now, um, unless I've heard them speak, I see something that they've posted, I know something that they've done that I really, really want to get connected. It's kind of like now our brand and what we do, it just, it just snowballed. Um, and so that access has been the thing, just the, the fact that access and the reach of the work that we're doing to other people. And then the other piece of that is the, the community has been the greatest thing. So we are a Facebook group first and foremost. Now I'm in the process of officially becoming like we, I, I very soon made us, a, um, registered us as a charitable organization in the District of Columbia and DC where I was living when I started the group, but I didn't fill out the nonprofit paperwork that mm-hmm. now is pending. But uh, our community is a community. You know, Mm -hmm. like, wow, if you ask me today how many CDPD members we have, I tell people, oh, across all social media platforms, anywhere between 3,500 to 5,000. But our community on Facebook has 998 members or something like that. Mm -hmm. And and within that community, that is probably the best thing that has happened. I see people who may have come into the group and the day they were laid off and, and posted like the worst message you ever want to see. Um, 
And then I see that person in our Zoom sessions, watching our presentations, commenting, and then that person comes in and says they got a job you know? Uh, so yeah, so those things, of course, there's the recognition and, you know, the, I've gotten plenty accolades. I now have this grant. Um, I got a grant again, because someone on LinkedIn saw the work I was doing and said, Hey, don't you live in Baltimore? You you're eligible to apply for this grant. I got it. <laughs> um, and those things are great, but, but more than that is that we've touched so many lives. I think that's the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah, you've helped so many people. And it's not just it's not just within the United States. You've um the group has gone internationally as well. Mm-hmm. Uh so I that's correct, right? You've mm-hmm. you have people in the group that are from overseas, whether it be Africa or wherever there are people in the group. So uh, did you think it was going to happen like this? Did you think it was going to get this big where it's not just it's not just confined to the United States, but it has gone globally? And... Um, so when people started reaching out to me because I worked overseas, mm-hmm. there were many people from sub-Saharan Africa, whether it was Tanzania, Kenya, and uh, South Africa were, were in that they were in that original 53 people. Uh, then when you work internationally, you work with people from all over the world. So there were a couple of people who were all over, you know, like Europe, Singapore. Um, what surprised me though, is we then began to attract people in countries that I had no connection with. And that's what surprised me. So, you know, the countries that I knew, oh, my former coworker was really from Australia. And so now her brother's in a group or something mm-hmm. like that. But I had no real connections to South America. Uh, I definitely had no connections to Ireland, Croatia. Like, it's just like, I'm like, oh, okay, that's where you are. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you see that in the Facebook analytics. And then... Mm-hmm on LinkedIn, then people, you know, like a lot of people from India have, you know, there it's everywhere. And then we got to West Africa, which I had no connections in West Africa. So West Africa is, is represented, you know, Nigeria, Ghana is deep. And so that's represented. Um, So that surprised me that the countries that I had no dotted line or connection to that those people are there. Uh, And then, um, the U.S. Like I thought it was just be my friends that I was helping, and it's you know strangers who have yeah. now become friends. You know. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of people that need needs help. Uh, what have been, if you can share, what have been some of your feedback from uh, the people in the group or the people that you've connected with? what have been there because they must have reached out to you and say uh thank you for this help or thank you for this presentation it just what I needed or stuff like that. what were some of the feedback that you got oh yeah I get I get those all the time and that's why I say like that that kind of that's when they say like oh I helped them so much I'm like you don't know you're helping me because I myself you know of course we're in a pandemic I'm away from my family I have my own you know, coming into the pandemic. Um, so I have so many, I mean, like one of the ones that I, I love is when someone tells me that something a presenter said speaks directly to their situation. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's one of the things that I believe, I believe that, you know, your story where you are right now, Molly, when you tell your story of your journey, there are people in the group or who catch it on a replay who are not in the group who are where you were when you began mm-hmm. and hearing that piece of your hearing your, your will help them move to where you are. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love when people say that uh, that resonates with me or I, I'm right there where she was when she was at her rock bottom. That's where I am. Yeah. And I know that I can get out of that. So I get a lot of those. Um, I also get a lot of people who say, oh, I didn't, I, I totally didn't agree with that at first until I heard, until I heard the way Molly explained it, right? Uh, and so I'm like, great. And they'll even say, well, you know, when my, Ma- I'll leave you because you're here. So when Molly, <laughs> when Molly did the presentation on networking, I was like, 
I don't believe I don't believe anything she says like that doesn't work but then when Sharita did it I said oh okay when you guys are saying the same thing yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) I love that too because it it further um it just further um reiterates to me that everyone is not for everybody and that's why we need that's why we need to amplify everybody's voice Right. So just think about it. Um, we just had Eric, Eric James Stevens on. He's a professor, was a professor, and, and now he's a business data analyst. And he gave the story of his his seven-year-old, I think, how she's having a terrible year in school, which my, many of them are because of the online learning. And then her teacher was out and she had a sub for like two weeks. And she changed into a totally different student. Same work. Right. <laughs> it was the teacher. Right. And yeah. so that's why we need to amplify multiple voices. So those are the kinds of things that we get. Um, or my husband's been telling me that forever. But when Molly said it, it really hit home. I understood it. That yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is that is definitely great. Yeah. So. Question, you might not know this answer, but. How many, mm-hmm. how many presentations do you think that you guys have done so far? Oh, we have about 78. And I only know that because um, my graphics person. So, okay, today will be the 74th. And I have four more that she's done the flyer for. So that's 78. And that's the only reason because she, but because the graphics person, um, she saves them as new session and hyphen and then the number Mm -hmm. and so that's how I know but then the but you can add about Jane did a five-day session so Jane did a five-day session but it still has the number say if it was the 50th it's still 50 50 50 even though Mm -hmm. it was five days so if you add hers in there you probably add four more so we probably would be at about 82 yeah that's a lot in, in that in that short short space mm-hmm. of time. And your group has it has grown and it expanded so much from since when you started. Was it was it in April of twenty twenty? Mm-hmm. We officially That's started 20- April twenty sixth. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what what would you what would you attribute to your success of the group from from now from there there until now? Um. Well. First of all, because of the because of the pandemic, uh, first of all, people need communities. That's that's it, right? People need communities. But prior to the pandemic, we probably would not have had this much success because people didn't in mass need this type of a community. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, people typically go on Facebook, you know, think about any group you're in. Like I'm in a lot of travel groups. I love to travel. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what pre-pandemic I was in. All I don't I never go in my travel groups now. It's all I want to travel. Everybody's upset. Right. So part of it is it was the right time to have a community like this uh, because people needed this kind of community. There's so much shame and stigma associated with being unemployed and underemployed. Uh, and so to be able to jump into a community where everyone's not underemployed and everyone's not unemployed in the group, there are people who come in like you to just be of service to the group and learn, right? Mm-hmm. And you're happy in your entrepreneurial pursuits and you're happy with your career. So it's, you know, so we have people who want to serve, but knowing if you are unemployed or underemployed that you can come to a space where there's no judgment, there are people who are just like you. There are people who we're, are where you were, you know, they're happily employed where you, where you thought you were two years ago. Uh, and so you can then share some of the things that you can't share with a spouse or friends or family. Uh, and I, that is what I think attributes to the growth. And I tell people all the time, how I say like we are, we have between 3,500 and 5,000 5, people. When I add, um, I have almost 3,000 people on Instagram, but you know, you can't count those Instagram followers because they flakes. I'm sorry, Instagram, you are, okay? (laughs) So you got them. Then, you know, I have about 5,300 connections on LinkedIn, many of them who come to our presentations, but will never come to a Facebook group, right? Yeah, yeah. 
then I have a handful of people who only catch us on YouTube. And now that there's Clubhouse, I have about 18, 1900 people from Clubhouse, right? So, but when you add all that up, I say we have about 3,500 people that I could call members that email me, that um, want to know what's coming next, that want to be of service. We have a lot of people who want to serve the group, but they don't come in at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. It is, I think we were, it was the right time for us. Uh, and we are non-judgment place, just come as you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if networking has evolved somewhat since the pandemic, uh, yeah, because I, I always say in, in networking, although the in-person is a lot more personable, some people are not comfortable. They're just not comfortable with the in-person. And I think so the pandemic has opened up that space where people can be themselves and not have to be in front of your face and, and yeah. make it make it awkward because there's a lot of people introverts, a lot of people don't know what to say, how to put across their feelings. And just by being able to be in a group like yours or in a space where there's there's no judgment, then they're able to, to flex their networking muscles, so to speak. Or they're able to practice that skill and get better at it without without feeling pressured of being in that networking event space where everyone is watching you and everyone is an executive or this at some point and you're trying to measure up as as someone trying to get in there into that conversation. So I, I think in a way the pandemic has allowed that for people to really connect on a deeper level although it's behind a computer or or or, or a device but it still seems like the connection is a lot more closer and a lot more genuine what what do you think about that because that's how I feel no I definitely feel that way and I also feel that even though it's not face-to-face um we are giving people more grace right now right? There's more grace and there's more kindness. So there are things that would never be acceptable to happen pre-pandemic when you're on a Zoom, Mm -hmm. right? So things like my dog jumping up into the screen all the time, right? (laughs) Which, you know, or kids, or uh, you hear somebody's microwave go off because their wife is right there in the kitchen or their kid, right? So that breaks that kind of ice of that person isn't just like me. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that person is better than me or more than me, right? We're, mm-hmm. all, we're all people. Yeah. So you're able to approach it from a place of more comfort, I believe. Um, and we really, really uh, see with this pandemic how much we need that interaction, mm-hmm. right? So how much more we need to interact with people. So there are a lot of people who, who uh, are introverts or are people who were not in, and, and you know, it's not just introverts, uh, who are not comfortable networking, but people who were not comfortable networking pre-pandemic who are really flexing their networking skills right now, uh, you know, and really proud of themselves and post their wins about networking. Um, I have quite a few personal friends who never would post on LinkedIn, never would connect with anybody on LinkedIn. They just had it there with you know, four followers, four connections. Uh, and they're like thousand, you know, over a thousand now because we've helped them see, you know, everybody out there is just like you, you know, go yeah. on and do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I think that the, the environment is just ripe for it right now. And it's going to change the way we interact and network when this pandemic is, is over. I think people are going to going to have much more strength and confidence in their abilities because they've been doing it now for almost a year many people yeah so let's talk about this business insider article Mm -hmm. being in in their um in the top 23 so Mm -hmm. um you said uh a connection really um Mm -hmm. told you about Merrill yeah Let's let's mm-hmm. go into let's go into that a little bit and and talk about what you had to do to actually be um, be among the, those other coaches. Uh, so Nicole Merrill posted, like I said, she posted up that she nominates me, mm-hmm. and then I was so surprised because she tagged me in that, mm-hmm. and I remembered that she was 
on one of Elvin's Powerful Women Wednesday, but we weren't connected. <laughs> so uh, I, of course, connected with her. We didn't speak until I actually got in the Business Insider. Isn't that funny? Like we mm-hmm. were trying to meet, we didn't. But after she did that, I was so honored and shocked. Uh, she used to be, um, I think, Associate Director of Career Development for the Yale School of Business. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the MBA program at Yale. So <clears throat> I came into the group and I just said, hey, this woman just nominated me for the Business Insider. <laughs> Most innovative career coach of 2020 and I'm not a career coach. And so then, because I never call myself a career coach, I still don't, I'm, I, I'm a career strategist, but I wasn't even calling myself a strategist at that point. And so I told the members, do you think I'm, a, I'm an innovative career coach? If you are, if you think so, you know, go ahead and, and, and support the nomination. Yeah. And the members did. And then the business insider contacted me with a couple of questions. Um, they didn't publish all of the responses in the article. Cause it was an, it was a number of questions and, mm-hmm. and then they, so they said you were nominated. We'd like your responses to these questions and then we'll decide. And, you know, then they just contacted me and said, you, you know, congratulations, you are one of the 23. It's a global list. You know, so we have people all over the world on the list. Uh, you are one of the 23. And, you know, can we have a picture? And, you know, da, 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 da. And so that's how that went. Um, and it's, it's definitely an honor, especially because I didn't see myself as a career coach. I definitely have always been a connector. I've always connected people with people and resources and even in my professional life. Mm-hmm that was a large part of my work is that I could always um, connect people in the organization with the resources they need to be set up for success or position the organization to obtain the resources that it needed to uh, to be prepared for success. And I just always did that. You knew I was the plug for everything. Whatever you needed, I could plug you into a person to get it. Uh, so that was me, but I didn't think I was actually helping like coaching. So it was, an, it's definitely an honor, it's still an honor. Mm-hmm. That's that's the beauty of passion to purpose. That's the beauty of being purposeful in what you love to do. Because sometimes when you're not even looking at something, someone is looking at, at, at you and looking at what you're doing and will recognize you, will recognize you for your hard work and, and for what you're doing, um, whether it be in your community or, or wherever, because you're you're affecting lives and, and yeah. so without even asking for it, those things that are supposed to come your way or, or be in your presence, it's going to happen because you're, you're giving and you're putting out. So that, that's awesome. That's definitely, definitely awesome. I wanted to ask, now you, you, have, the, you have the Corona Days group, you have it on Facebook, you have um, on LinkedIn, but now you've created another whole new brand new platform on Clubhouse. <laughs> I am so jealous. I am not on this Clubhouse. <laughs> because I am an Android person and everybody's telling me almost mm-hmm. every day when I interact with someone or a colleague or a connection, they're like, are you on Clubhouse? Are you on Clubhouse? I'm like, <laughs> what? You guys need to stop asking me if I'm on Clubhouse. What is up with this Clubhouse? Yeah, so you're missing out me. now. <laughs> tell me what is up with this Clubhouse. Try to, come on, convince me to come over to the other side. <laughs> so I'll tell you this. So one of my oldest friends visited, I call her my sister. She visited this past weekend. And, uh, I have, I have a room on Clubhouse on Saturdays where we celebrate wins. It's just you come in, you tell us, you know, you know what win you have, and we support you in that celebration. And so I had it on speaker so she could see because she's an Android user. She's missing out. And she was like, oh, my goodness, like, this is so amazing. I might just and she's and then she picks up her phone and she's Googling refurbished iPads. Right. Like, should I? I oh, I could get a refurbished iPad for 150 bucks. You think I could do it that way? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, yes, you. Um, so Clubhouse. Uh I didn't understand it when I was invited on. I just got on December 1st. I didn't know what it was. And I was hooked as soon as I got on because you talk about 
if you think LinkedIn, I always say LinkedIn gave us like three degrees of separation instead of six. Uh, yeah, I challenge you, like anybody you want to be connected to, like if, even if it's Bill Gates, I bet you I could tell you three ways if you if you have a network that you could get to him on LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So fine. So now there's Clubhouse and you could just be in a room. So this is a true story. I was in a room about Peloton, the bike. Mm -hmm. I want to get one. I, I'm not sure about making that investment yet so I'm in the room about the Peloton and I'm in the room and I just hear them say uh something something Gail and I'm on stage and I look on my phone and woman starts talking it's Gail King no yeah it was Gail King and this was like my first or second week on Clubhouse and oh, she's wow. right next to me on my phone so the way you, you know like the way you see it I see my face and I see hers and I see that she's talking uh -huh. I mean not that Gail, you know like it's you know but it's she's not like my favorite person yeah. I'm like oh my goodness like I'm in a room with Gail King uh, -huh. uh and it's not just that you're in the room with them and and actually what she said added great value to the conversation because it was the Peloton people in the room mm -hmm. uh the, the marketing people the product design people and she she wanted to know when is the elliptical coming out and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, they have an elliptical coming out? I'm not going to buy a bike. I'm going to wait for that elliptical. Thank you, Gail. <laughs> but yeah, oh, Gail would know, right? <laughs> yeah. Because you know, she's on CBS and uh -huh. she's Oprah's best friend. I wouldn't uh -huh. know that, okay? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm right there in the room with her. And that's when I was like, wait a minute, what is this app? You know, I'm just trying to get information. And then I realized that there's so many people that you want to be connected with. So right there there's no degree of separation between me and Gail, mm. right? Now I could be a, I could be an idiot and un, unmute my mic and say, Gail, I love you. Right? I shouldn't do that on that app. Right. But it's, there is a way that I could just reach out and touch people that I would not normally be able to reach out and touch. And so on a platform, so there are all kinds of people sharing information, mm -hmm. um, asking questions so you can ask all kinds of questions you know Elon Musk was there but I don't really care about Elon Musk but people <laughs> had the opportunity to ask him questions mm -hmm. you know and there are people who you know either they're inventors or they want to work for Tesla and that was a great opportunity to have him you know talk about his vision and you be right there in the audience and have the opportunity to ask ask him a question mm -hmm. so uh, there are also all these stories of people who do these pitches and you know, venture capitalists then invest in them, or people who go on uh, go on a stage and pitch and get shot down, and then a venture capitalist goes in their box and says they didn't like it. I did. Let me give mm. you this million dollars or whatever it is, right? Mm, yeah. So you have that going on. But for us in uh, Corona days, which I didn't call it Corona days, I said, what could I? How could I um, help people on this app, and what would most benefit me? on this app and it was career mentor days. So the app is designed for people to interact, mm -hmm. you know, at a closer level socially and to share information and knowledge. And what better way than for me to, while I have all these people from all industries and all countries, well, not all, you know, there's some countries that aren't on the app yet, uh, that I could create a space for people who really just wanna help people mm -hmm. by sharing knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so I call it career mentor days uh, and same days. We have the same days behind our career development mm -hmm. that we had behind this, um, this pandemic. So many of us, particularly if you are a BIPOC or from any marginalized group, or if you are a person, a white person with, with no money. You don't come from money. You don't come from wealth. You don't, you're just a regular Joe Schmo. There are a lot of things that you just don't know and you need a mentor to help you. Mm -hmm. And many of us have never had a mentor along yeah. the career journey. Mm -hmm. And so I create, and because of it, I say we were in a daze. We took positions that didn't serve us. We worked for organizations too long. You didn't have a mentor to ask, how do I invest my money? Or should I invest in retirement? You didn't have a mentor to ask, you know, should I buy this house or should I buy this car? Well, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so I create this space. And what we do is if somebody wants to be a mentor for the moment, say I have a room on networking, you can jump into that room for an hour, a half an hour, and you can share knowledge about networking. Mm 
You've mm-hmm. been a mentor to the people in that room. If you want to do something longer term, I have a Google form you would fill out and then I would connect you with a mentee. And so that's what we have there. And we've had that group now almost two months. Yeah, because it was it was like January 26. It started like late January and we have almost 1900 members uh, and it's going really well. It's, it's going really well. Like uh, people need help, you know, like we just need help. And unfortunately, many of us believe that if things aren't working for us professionally, that we're supposed to go back to school and keep going back to school and keep going. Yeah. Back to school, yeah. Right? yeah. So, excuse me. So that's another thing with the group, both yeah. groups, right? Yeah. Like um, sometimes you do need to go get training, but sometimes you don't. You can do a whole lot of things that you don't necessarily think you can do without having to go get another whole degree. And a mentor can help that help you with that. So yeah, that's what we do on a clubhouse. I hope it would be um, sustainable even after we're able to go back outside and, and people are interacting and, and getting busy again. Because I, I hope, I, I think a lot of people would learn this lesson, but I hope because uh, in my own journey during the pandemic, and, and, I, and I said this to um, a mentor of mine, I was saying to him, I feel like I found myself again during this pandemic because it has given me time to literally slow down and, and focus and think about things more and, and build on relationships that I wanted to build on, but I was too busy to build on them because you're running to work and after work, maybe you have the things to do, you have the kids, you have have to go here, have to go there. So the pandemic has kind of created that that pause. And like you said, that days where you you take you have to slow down and take stock of the way how you're living, how you're going about things, how you're doing things. And I I really hope that even after we've come out of this and everybody's vaccinated and everybody's back to business. I really hope that people would still um, see the need for these apps like Clubhouse and stuff like that to maintain those, maintain those connections. Yeah, I, I'm a hundred percent sure that if we did not have this pandemic, Clubhouse wouldn't be as popular as it is now. Uh, you know, like, and the popularity of Clubhouse uh, has a lot to do with the fact that it is an app that you can hear people's voice without seeing them, right? So I can be in my most comfortable state and you can hear me talk. And if I'm in my most comfortable state, I'm probably being much realer than I would be if I'm on a Zoom, right? A little more and willing to be a little more open and vulnerable than I, than I would be on a Zoom. Um, but when the world opens back up, no, I don't think that there will be as much action on on Clubhouse or Facebook or LinkedIn. None of the, none of these, right? Mm-hmm. Instagram too. You you see, like Instagram has now become this very businessy place where where everybody's business, not just selling, you know, not just uh, selling an item, but everyone's business is now on Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I am believing and hopeful that some of, some of the things that came out of this pandemic in terms of understanding that we need to be more understanding of people's life situations, you mm-hmm. know, children at the home, uh, taking care of an, an aging parent. Uh, I am hoping that, I'm believing that workplaces will uh, be a lot more understanding of that. And then us, I'm giving so many people more grace than I would have pre-pandemic right and (laughs) and even asking myself well should I have done this or should I should I be a little more you know always asking the question uh and I'm believing that some of that will spill over one of the things I am terribly concerned about on topic but off is that the world is going to open up you know the vaccinations everything we're going to be fine and I'm not going to be able to do the things that I love because everything's going to be lines and lines and lines of people trying to do everything that I like to do So I'm not going to be able to get in a movie. You know, I'm not going to be, I want to go to yoga, my Bikram yoga class. And I just keep imagining that 
I won't ever get in a class. It's because, gonna be it's yeah. gonna be yeah. crowded. It's gonna yes. be crowded. I'll never get there. It'll be yes. months and months. The gyms mm-hmm. are gonna be crowded, the parks yes. are gonna be crowded, everybody's Everything. just gonna go wild because I can finally be outside. Yeah. <laughs> So I might, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's one thing that I'm, I'm so worried about. I want to go to yoga so bad. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm not going to get in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I want to do yoga too, but I want to try the, um, oh, well, we're getting off of topic, but it's okay. I want to try the, the, what they call it? The hot yoga. That's what it is. It's Bikram yoga. Well, it doesn't have to be Bikram, but I practice Bikram, which is a, it's a hot yoga. It's 105 degrees and I want to yeah. get in there. Yeah, like yeah. It, oh gosh, it helps for every ache and pain you might ever have. Yeah, it, it definitely. It's like ugh, everything. You change your world when you get in there. And trust me, the ache and pains are there. They mm-hmm. are coming. <laughs> they are coming. So I have a question here. What What advice would you give to others wanting to take that leap, to take that next step? Because and something that I've noticed in the pandemic, too, is that and I've done it myself, too, is I've been more serious with my business and with my entrepreneurship journey and really focusing more on that. And I know there are a lot of people listening that might want to take that leap. They want to start something. They want to do something but they don't know how to start or where to start, or they are afraid to start because of, of what might be the outcome. They don't want to fail. So what would you say to people like that who are thinking about doing something but hasn't, hasn't quite taken that leap yet? Well, I could just say, just do it, but that doesn't help you, right? So, <clears throat> but that is part of it, just do it. One, I'll say this, which may not help you, but this pandemic has shown all of us that life is short, right? Uh, I saw people who were very healthy die, that they shouldn't have died. They weren't in any of the, the categories, right? So life is short. It's up to us to make it sweet whatever, however you determine sweet. And if, if you determine, if, if you determine sweet by pursuing a passion, whether it's a business or a, a totally different career field, uh, you are doing yourself a disservice by not doing that, right? By not trying. So once you fail, you pick yourself up. I had like seven lives. I had a lot of failure. One day I'll, I'll host a session and I'll tell people about all of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> you just try again. That's what the next day is for, yeah. right? Uh, so the next day you have, an, you know, you have another opportunity to try again. And then for people who are in that and don't have clarity around what it is they want to do, but just know that there's something mm-hmm. that, that, that they want something different for those people, I'll say, join our community <laughs> yes. or another community or work with a strat- a career strategist or a career coach who can help a clarity coach. There are a lot of clarity coaches, right? Uh, this time of the pandemic was a time that I took to get clarity of my own vision in this days, mm-hmm. okay? In this days, I had, and I think many of us had the opportunity, if that was what we wanted, to really sit down and be reflective about what it is I want, what's making me happy, what I'm passionate about, what I will never tolerate again in whether it was a relationship or a job or anything, right? That you sit down and you say, hey, life is short, you know, and if there's another pandemic five years from now, I want that the next five years, I've done as much as I can to live the fullest life that I can live. So it's a lot that I said, but in a nutshell, um, I think if you don't have clarity of vision, try to work toward getting clarity of vision. And oftentimes that's not on your own, you know, Um, it does take a lot of self-reflection. And then if you do have clarity that it is a business, go on out there and do it, try it. You know, like life is too short for you not to. There you have it. There you have it, people. Dennis Edwards. Okay, before we close out, tell everyone how they can contact you and how they can join your group. Oh, sure. So I'm on LinkedIn, Danette Edwards. I'm the only one, D-E-N-N-E-T-T, Edwards. Uh, And then our group is called Corona Days, D-A-Z-E, Professional Development Group. And that's on Facebook. So you can find us on either on LinkedIn, I'm sorry, on Clubhouse. 
I am Danette Edwards, and our group is Career Mentor Days, D-A-Z-E. So you'll find me. Yes. Google Danette Edwards. I come right up. Yes. And guys, <laughs> never fear. I will be putting all of that information in the podcast notes so that when you listen to the podcast, you can check the notes and get all of that information. Remember to support this podcast. And if you need any information, any further information, my contacts will be in the podcast notes as well. Then I want to thank you so much for coming through and talking to us. This has been another episode of the Network Hour podcast. And before I leave, I always leave you with a quote. And today's quote is an African proverb. And it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go with others. And this is very, very true for what we have been talking about today. And the topic today was from, from passion to purpose. And you cannot get there on your, by yourself. No man is an island. And if you want to get far, bring others along with you so that you can go on that journey. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Dennett, so much for coming Thank out. Thank you for having me. And this has been wonderful. Until next time, have a happy weekend, everyone. And I'll see you next time. Thanks.